This is a Woodside Church podcast. Well, good morning, Woodside Church family. Uh, Well, this is a a bit different, isn't it? It's great to welcome you this morning. Uh, My name is Martin Tibbet. I lead the team here at Woodside Church. As you can see, we're doing things a little different on Sunday mornings. We do hope that this serves you well. As I say, I welcome Woodside Church here this morning, but also I would like to say that if you're from another church family, or maybe you're not, even, you're not connected to a church, we want you to feel very welcome with us this morning as we look at God's Word together, as we share some things, and as we bring together uh, things that are happening around us and we trust looking at how God would speak to us in the midst of what is, if we're honest, a lot of uncertainty. I also want to say a welcome to mums today. It is, of course, Happy Mother's Day. And so I pray that you have a a great day. I appreciate for many it's going to feel and look a little bit different. uh, But we pray that God really blesses you and your family. We are living in interesting times. In fact, we're living in challenging times. And we want to stand together. We want to trust God together. And we want to do the best that we can to serve you as we look to God in the midst of our current circumstance. It was Karl Barth, the theologian, who said these words. Take your Bible and take your newspaper and read both. But interpret newspapers from your Bible. Karl Barth is saying that the Christian should live with the Bible in one hand and the newspaper or the newsfeed in the other and should look to the Bible to interpret what's happening in the news. We are, as the Bible describes it, we are those who are citizens of heaven. Our home is with God. Yet we also live on earth. I live in Bedford in Great Britain. That's where I am today. You may be in Bedford, you may be in the same nation, or you may be in a different nation in the world. But for the believer, they are both a citizen in heaven, but they're also a citizen on earth. And throughout the Christian's life, and particularly today, we seek to look at how the Bible speaks into our context, into our news, into our setting. But we're not talking about just focusing away of the things of the day. We need to look at the news. We need to understand what's happening in our lives in a variety of ways, particularly at this time. We need to stay up to date with what is becoming a very fast-moving situation. We need to keep following the government's guidelines. This is not a time to be cavalier. This is a time to work together, to keep yourself safe, but also keep others safe. I guess we could summarise by saying this is not a time for fear, but it is a time for love, to express love to those in how we use and how we spend our time and where we place ourselves. But it's very easy to become dominated, possibly even overwhelmed by all that is happening around us today. See, the Bible's not telling us to focus just away from our challenges, 
What the Bible does is speaks truth into the midst of our challenges. And the verses that I want to look at this morning, I think will help us to find God in the midst of these challenges. We're going to look at some words from one of the writers in the New Testament. His name is Paul. He's got a remarkable life. His life is colourful. Sometimes it's quite dark. But at this time, you see Paul still in the midst of trouble, but bringing great truth for himself, but also to those that he is writing to. So I want to begin by reading from Philippians 4. This is a, a part of the Bible which is rich in truth, but really helps us as we focus on our circumstances today. Philippians first, chapter 4, verse 4 says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. See, Paul begins by wanting to remind us of who God is and the joy that is found in him. He's saying rejoice in God, rejoice in his promises, rejoice in his goodness, his unfailing love and his faithfulness. He's saying rejoice in the Lord. See, Paul knows that we need truth that stills our minds, truth that calms our hearts and truth that steadies our nerves. And it begins with recognising that joy is found in God and all of his goodness and his promises to us. But what's remarkable is Paul not only says rejoice in the Lord, he, sa- he then says it again. He says, I say it again, rejoice in the Lord. It's like he's trying to emphasise a point to his readers and to us today. I don't know if this happens in other marriages, but I know uh, for me, I'm married to, to, uh, to Dawn. And there are times, I mean, I want to say it doesn't often happen, I promise you, But there are times when Dawn will say something to me and I don't quite catch it the first time. And I'll turn to her and say, sorry, sorry, you know, she finishes the sentence. I'll say, sorry, what did you say? And she'll have to repeat it again. Why is that? Well, probably if Dawn was here, she'd say, the reason is I'm not listening most attentively as maybe I should be. But actually what's happening is I'm not hearing because I'm focused on something else. And that can be a real problem, that when we are focused on something, when something else is grabbing our attention, normally it's the television that I'm looking at, but in our lives we can be absorbed by and dominated by, and something else can be grabbing our attention. So Paul says, rejoice in the Lord. And again I say rejoice in the Lord. Paul knows that from time to time, things can grab our attention. A little while ago, it would have been Brexit. And now it's the coronavirus. And whatever it may be, Paul's trying to grab us. He's trying to say, look, 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 don't allow that to dominate you. I I want to bring some truth into your lives and into your hearts and into your souls. So he begins by saying, rejoice in the Lord, in his goodness, his faithfulness, his forgiveness, his certainty that he will be with his people in all things. And then remarkably, Paul moves on and he says these words. He says this, let your gentleness be evident to all. 
the Lord is near. That phrase, let your gentleness be evident to all, what he's really talking about is us having a Christ-like concern for others. Some of you will be familiar of uh, the, what Jesus described as the greatest commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength and mind. And then Jesus went on to say, and it's also to love your neighbour as yourself. See, what we have here at the beginning of these verses is rejoice in the Lord. That's like love the Lord with all your heart, your soul, your everything. And then it's love your neighbour as yourself. Or as Paul writes, let your gentleness be evident to all. Paul is concerned that we are those that love those around us. Those who love our neighbours. Yesterday, I, uh, I wrote a card to two of our neighbours, uh, uh, an older couple and an older lady. And uh, I really wanted, and Dawn and I, and I wrote the card from both of us, and it was really to say, look, if you need us, uh, if you're in trouble, if, if you can't, if you can't uh, get, to the, get to the shops, or, or you, ju- you just want to talk to someone, please call us. Please, please know that we're here for you. It was amazing the response I got. I know others of you have probably done similar. I spoke to one of the neighbours, came and, uh, and spoke with me yesterday, although we did stand at a distance, I want to assure you. But actually also today, uh, the other couple, the, the, the husband phoned me and you could hear the genuine gratefulness that someone had reached out. I think this is the sort of thing that Paul is talking about. Let your gentleness be evident to all. I want to encourage us at this time of such uncertainty, which, which we're feeling, of course. I want to encourage us to be those that reach out to others. One thing we have in these verses as we unpack them, that they reassure us that we're not alone. They reassure us that we know a God who's for us and who's with us and will never forsake us. But there are others around us who maybe don't even have family close by. This is a wonderful time for us to show Love to those. He then talks about the Lord is near. That's, that's got mix of meaning. It's, yes, it's talking about the return of Christ, but it's also talking about the imminence of Christ today. Remember that Jesus said that he would be with his followers to the very end. And so Jesus promised that he always would be with us. And so although we may talk about isolation today, and I know some... Friends of mine are now isolating themselves for 12 weeks. And that's difficult. That's, this, is, this is something we've never experienced before. But let me say, we are never completely isolated. We have a saviour who said he will always be with us. It's great reassurance to us, whether we're on our own or whether we're with others at home. We are never fully alone. We can call out to God. We can ask Jesus to come by his spirit. We can connect with him. We can be reassured once again that he is with us and he is for us. So Paul continues and he, he gets to the heart of these verses. He says this, he says, Do not be anxious. Do not be anxious. 
See, Paul is speaking truth into our hearts right now. This is like, wow. He continues, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Now we may say, well, it's fine for you to say that, Paul, but you don't know what it's like for us. But actually, when Paul was writing these words, he was writing in prison. He was actually writing from a place of isolation. Yet he can say, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. But he also says, do not be anxious about anything. And in these verses, he particularly underlines the antidote for anxiety, the antidote for fear, the antidote for worry. It's in prayer and it's in thanksgiving. The antidote is not focusing on the problem. Sometimes I find myself watching news item after news item and I get more information and more information. And it's important that we know what's going on, of course. But actually, that doesn't settle my heart. That doesn't still my thinking. The antidote, Paul says, is to bring prayers and thanksgiving to our God. When we pray, with thanksgiving, we are reminded of God's faithfulness. We're reminded of a God who's always been with us and always will be with us. We're also reminded of a God who has always been with his people. Generations and generations of people can testify that God is faithful. And Lord, we are thankful for that. Do you know in the West, we are not used to this level of uncertainty particularly such widespread health concerns. But you know, our friends and friends of some of you in the Woodside family, there's some of our friends across the world, they, they know what it's like to, to live with that sense of uncertainty, particularly when it comes to health. And in those moments, they have found that God is indeed faithful and God is indeed with them. We can draw so much and learn so much at this time, not necessarily from ourselves, but from others who have experienced even harder times. I was in Sierra Leone last May, last year, and I, I met a pastor. Uh, it was a remarkable man, uh, Pastor Lamin, his name was. And I was talking with him. I went to see him for a particular reason because the, the setting, the community that he was in. And I, as, as we were talking with him, I was reminded that, that the nation of Sierra Leone has seen such hardship and such troubles over recent decades. You may be aware that in the, in the 90s, they had a, a dreadful civil war. Tens and tens of thousands of people lost their life. And then, of course, there was the Ebola crisis. Uh, quite recently, where in some areas, 80% fatality rate, far, far worse than the coronavirus that we're facing today. But when I spoke to this pastor, I went there uh, uh, to meet him for many reasons, but one of the reasons was to connect with him because his church was in, is in a community which sadly, a couple of years ago, there was a mudslide and a thousand people lost their life overnight. And I spoke to this pastor and I asked him, how did, you, how did you cope with this? 
What can I learn from you? I feel like I've got nothing to bring to you. I've got nothing to offer to you. As we talked, I discovered that 11 people in his church family lost their life during that moment. And you know, he testified, as did his wife, of God answering prayers, of God being with them throughout the story. And I said, well, what's happened to the church? He said, you know, the church has grown. People have found God in the midst of such tragedy. And he spoke uh, with such uh, uh, excitement of his joy that he's found in God and the gratefulness he has in his heart for all that God has done for him. And I thought, my goodness, I've got so much to learn. Paul says that the antidote to anxiety is thanksgiving and prayer. And I encourage you, and I trust you already are, that this should bring us to prayer. This, should, this moment in our, in our lives, in our nation, should bring us to a place of calling out to God that he would break in. In fact, today, on the Sunday that this is being shown to you all, the churches and the Christians across this nation are coming together. There's a national call to prayer, something the Archbishop of Canterbury and others have been involved in. And so I want to encourage you today that you would join with many, many other believers to pray for our nation, to pray that God would break in. One of the things they're encouraging us to do is at seven o'clock in the evening to put a candle in your window as a way of demonstrating that there's a symbol, the light of life, Jesus Christ. He is our source and he is the one that we pray to and it's in him we find hope and we find that he is faithful. So maybe today you can join with many others. I encourage you, let's pray, let's stand together and let's trust him as others do the same. And then we find that Paul moves on. We see what the antidote is to our anxiety, our fears and our worries. But what's the result? And we read these words in verse 7. He says this, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The antidote to our anxieties, our fear, is prayer and thanksgiving. And the result The reward is peace that only can be found in God. A peace that transcends, that is separated, that that is not dependent on circumstances, but is something that is life-changing all the same. This is not something that takes you away from reality, a place of reality, but it brings you to a place of peace. My, my, um, My friend and One of my fathers in God is a man called Terry Virgo and he taught me many years ago about this principle and how when we call out to God, there comes a moment when we just know that we know that we know that God has heard our cry. And in that moment, when when we pour out our heart's cry, God gives us this peace that just seems to overwhelm everything else that's going on. I encourage you to pray to call out to God and find the peace that only God can bring. Then we go to the final part of 
these verses. It goes very practical. Paul is like saying, okay, now we've talked about anxiety. We've talked about rejoicing in God. We've talked about praying and thanksgiving. And he's saying, how do we live this? How do we walk this? And so he moves to a point where he's saying, this is how you walk from this place. When you come to a place of peace, he's saying, now, now do these things and you will walk in the peace that you've just discovered. I love it the way Paul gets very practical at the end. He says this, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And then he concludes by sort of um, going broader in the application. He says this, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or even seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. I want to just finish by looking at some areas where we can put this into practice together, where we can trust God together. Let me give you the first one. The first one is how we care for one another, how we care for, how we put this into practice to help others around us that may be anxious or concerned. How do we care for one another? The bedrock, the, 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 the main element of how we care for one another in Woodside Church is through our small groups that we call community groups. These will continue to be the main place for care and connection. It's going to be different, I realise. We were hoping that our groups could actually meet together for a number of weeks, but that clearly isn't the case and will be going against the government's guidelines. But we want everyone to be connected to a group. I want to encourage you to WhatsApp each other, to message each other, to, to, to Skype each other. In fact, some groups I think are going to use technology and maybe use like a conference video call like Zoom or something like that. Love you to do those sorts of things. We need to look out for one another. Maybe for some of you, you may not be connected to a small group. Uh, we want to help you to get connected because this is going to be the main way that we look out for each other. If you are uh, not connected, please let us know. You can email uh, this email address which will come up on your screens. Please email us and we will find some folks that are gladly connect with you. We want to look out for one another. Maybe others of you don't use technology so much and so, so technology isn't particularly a help to you. Please would you, would you let us know, phone us or, 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 or contact us in some way. Uh, we would love to serve you and and really be practical in how we help you. Let me give you this for an idea. I spoke to a pastor this week and he mentioned this to me and I thought this is a great way of applying what it means to care for one another. He said this, and so I want to encourage us to do the same. He said, why don't we contact two people every week that we would call our friends or those who are close to us? You know, those that we would sort of normally be in contact with, that we know fairly well. Contact two people every week that would fit into that sort of category. But also contact two people that you know, but they're more on the fringes or they're new to, 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 to the church or they're not as close to, to the rest of the group or the rest of the church family. So contact two people you know quite well. And why don't you contact two people that you don't know that well? 
so we can help those that are maybe just on the edges of things feel very much a part of the family. And the third idea was to contact two of your neighbours every week. I mean, I've already mentioned, uh, I, I know who I'm going to contact. I'm going to keep regular contact, phone them every week and say, look, how are you doing? Can I help? Is there anything you need from the shops or whatever it may be? We want to care well for one another. I think we can do this. I think we can do this really well. One of the things that I love about the Woodside Church family is how they serve and love one another. We're going to carry on doing what we've always done. We're just going to do it a little bit differently. But I think we can do it and do it well. The second thing of the three that I want to mention is our pledge day. Our pledge day. Numbers of you will know that in a few weeks' time, on the 29th of March, we had planned to have a pledge day. Well, in light of everything that's going on, we really feel that it is right to postpone this. And, uh, and so we will not be having a pledge day on the 29th of this month. And so please make note of that. However, I, I just want to add just underneath that, uh, that of course uh, our circumstances, our vision, uh, in most cases our overheads are still the same. And, and so I'd like to say this, we're not going to have a formal pledge day. Uh, we, we will probably revisit that at another time. But I would say is this, if you were planning or, or you'd like to uh, commit to giving or start giving or increase your giving and that was your intention or it's something you'd still like to do then I please I encourage you to do that in fact it's something that uh, Dawn and myself we always were planning to do that uh, next month and so we will continue to do that because we want to stand together in this this isn't a, a time to to pull back it's still a time to trust God together and so I encourage you to to do that as, as we look forward to the future together. And thirdly, just want to talk a little bit about Sundays. Uh, this is how it's going to roll for a few weeks, maybe a few months. We're going to speak and preach and, and look at the Bible as we do normally on a Sunday. Different people are going are to preach from this platform and we want to serve you to the best of our ability. We're also going to use this moment to share news and keep you informed of all that's going on so please keep tuning in or however you do this thing click something link I don't know what however you got here this morning do the same in seven days time we're going to trust God together we're going to produce more e emails that can go to uh, go to you we're going to have like a Sunday email that will go out on the Saturday evening I think and that's going to include things, not only links to this preach, but increasingly we're going to add more things for teenagers and for the kids. We want to try and serve the whole of the family. Let's, let's do that together. I, I know this is going to be difficult. I know this is going to be challenging at times. But we're a family. We're a family who love one another. We're a family who love God. And also we're a family who know that God loves them. So let's stand together. Let's trust him and we'll be all right. We'll come through this and we'll look back and say this was a time when we trusted God and we knew God was with us. I'd love to finish by praying for us in the midst of our time together. Let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you for the goodness and we thank you for your unfailing love. 
We thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, who made a way for us to know forgiveness, reconciliation and a new life. But yet, Lord, at this time, we come to you to pray for our nation and for the nations of the world who are struggling in the midst of this virus outbreak. God, we know that you are all powerful. You are the maker and the creator of all things. Therefore, we come to you and we pray that, God, would you break in today? We pray, God, that you would defeat this virus and defeat it quickly. We pray for this not only for our nation, but for the nations across the world. God, we particularly pray for those who are vulnerable, the sick and those already affected by this virus. God, will you bring complete healing to them and bring them to a place of recovery? We pray also, God, that we would know peace in our lives. Personally, Lord, I pray that your peace would come and steady our hearts. Lord, we pray too that our nation would know peace at this time. That the fear and the anxiety that we see around us would begin to settle down. And particularly, God, we pray that those who are being most affected by the situation that they would know of your presence and your close guarding hand. God, we pray for the authorities, the experts, the health professionals and others who are on the front line. Lord, would you strengthen them? Would you give them wisdom that goes beyond their own ability? Lord, we pray, would you come into this situation and would you lead us? And Lord, would you help us to come through well we ask all these things in your son's name amen well that's it from us for this moment as i said we will be with you in seven days time all i would say to finish with is this building uh, may be closed but i want you to know woodside church is very much open we love you all we hope to see you very soon thank you so much You've been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.